This is a HeadGum Original. In 1977, NASA sent two solid gold records into space so that aliens might find them and understand life on Earth. I send greetings on behalf of the people of our planet and friendly wishes to all who may encounter this voyager. Now, we're making new records with our friends. We step out of our solar system into the universe seeking only peace and friendship. We know full well that our planet and all its inhabitants are but a small part of this immense universe that surrounds us. Hello from the children of planet Earth. Hey, Caleb. How you doing, brother? Oh, brother pastor, I am doing Brother pastor? <laughs> brother pastor, what business do you have brother, today? <laughs> brother, I really burnt my mouth before this. I saw it happen in real time. Let Beautiful. me paint a word picture. Gorgeous. I really put, good singing. Yeah, really good. Unfortunately, <laughs> God. <laughs> but I, listeners, let me... Paint you a word picture. I made myself a green tea because I wanted my throat to be silky smooth for the recording. <laughs> and I took a sip of said tea, and it was so hot that I spit it up all over myself like a little baby. Had to change my clothes, and and my, the way you are, and yeah, I mean, I think it, yeah, I think it did change me like on kind of a deep intellectual level. I, I see I see the world differently now that I've been hurt the way that I have. Standpoint theory, in a way. I don't know what that means, but I want to exactly. paint a picture for the listeners, fans, friends, and ambassadors friends of ambassadors. the pod. I was sitting on our patio reading <laughs> Your Magical Thinking by Joan Didion. Come on, kind of in a An sad, headspace. <laughs> Shelby comes out, immediately burns her mouth on the hottest tea you've ever seen. Starts kind of panting, yelling to me about it. I'm fully in the middle of reading about Joan Didion's husband dying. Really stressful vibes in the area. Yeah. So in a way, it's like I got burned. Yeah, you got burned in the heart. I got burned in the mouth. <laughs> Don't whisper in the mouth. <laughs> is there anything else going on with you that we should talk about before we bring in our incredible ghost? I don't know. Is this a leading question? Is there something I did that you want to talk about? <laughs> <laughs> what if, yeah, what if I was like... I noticed you left the kitchen door open before going to sleep last night. <laughs> Listeners, we don't have a kitchen door. I meant to say refrigerator door. God, <laughs> uh, I'm so fucking sick of existing as me. <laughs> when will it end? When will it end? I think we should bring in our guests. I think it's a pretty good time. Our guest today on the pod is spectacular. They're an iconic musician. They soundtrack most of our night drives. That is true. That's And you know them true. from the band Muna. Please help us welcome icon, inventor of music, best friend, Naomi McPherson. Wow. <laughs> Thank you. 
That is a welcome, the likes of which the world has never seen. So thank you so much. We're actually wearing out the uh, fake crowd sound. But we love it. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like it, it. It's such a vibe. It brings an energy that cannot be replaced by something else. It paints a picture. It paints a oh, picture. Did you snap? Naomi. <laughs> Jazz hands? Jazz hands on the pod. <laughs> the listeners have no idea, but it's like 30 seconds of silence. And we're just... <laughs> Just enjoying. Naomi, what's going on with you this week? Do you have anything to report? Listen, as a musician in the pandemic, I don't do anything at all. Um, I wake up every day with a dream, a wish, a a desire, a way to better myself. And I don't achieve any of those things. But nothing new. Nothing new to report. Not really. I mean, we're, we're in the studio a bit here and there making music. Um hanging out outside, like, mostly, but then going inside and being like, we should actually do some work, (laughs) doing work, and then, uh, yeah, and then going home and eating dinner at 4.30, and then going to bed, being like, oh, it's so, it's it's late, what time is it? 7.30, I'm exhausted. And you live in... I'm in LA, yeah. Yes, thank God. Oh, thank God. Thank so God much to LA. discuss. Thank Ever God. since I, we moved here, we've been real LA heads. If you're not I mean, in LA, oh. <laughs> the 101, come on. <laughs> the 5, the 10. Backed up. Backed up. Does it get better? <laughs> it doesn't get better. <laughs> the 110. I was on the 110 today. I was on the 110 today. <laughs> Let me tell you. This is the three of us should record a sketch as people who love LA traffic. Oh, I could barely get home today. And, and, and in a way, that's exciting because it, it means incredible. that the city's alive. Honestly, first traffic back when things are normal will be kind of inspiring. Everyone's well, out. I was like a little bummed when like after there was like the first three weeks in March. Were you living here at the time? Or were no. you no. were you not in LA? Yet? We moved in, okay. in the pandemic Lovato. So you'll have to tell us. Mm, wow. Teach us. There was just no one on the freeways. You could get to Malibu in 15 minutes. This is a very LA conversation. It was a huge deal. Me and my girlfriend were going on hikes. We were driving yes. far. We were being safe with masks. God forbid. Uh but and now and now there seems to be traffic again. So hmm, capitalism, mm. which we can get into, but you know. Makes me sick. But I also love traffic. So. And that's actually why we brought you on. We yeah, were like, yeah, Naomi, yeah, we've been yeah. hearing rumors that you mm-hmm. love capitalism. Mm-hmm. It's really nice mm-hmm. that you cleared that up because we were uncomfortable yeah. about it. But we, we didn't want to say because it's like right. bad host. And most people, people don't want to go there, but, you know. We're not <laughs> take, scared. Take us there. <laughs> we go there. Um, no, but in all seriousness, we brought you on for a reason today. We really did work compiling something for space we're doing something really cool um Mm -hmm. and we just wanted to know if you were going to make your own golden records to send into space like nasa did in 1977 what would you put on it on it on it on it on it, on it, on it, on it. What would you put on it? What would you put on it? I would, I, to touch briefly on what they sent to space, when they sent it to space, I listened to the playlist that was that was sent to me to review, to study, mm. to learn from today. And um, I noticed that there were really no, there were no bangers or slappers, really. It was just com- almost completely devoid of bangers. So true. So I'd hope there would be more bangers yeah this time around um 
So if we want to just get it right out of the way, we could talk about the greatest pop song ever written by a white person. That's a caveat. Thank you. Um, The greatest pop song ever written by the greatest white pop star, uh, current, uh, Dancing on My Own by by the Swedish pop star Robin. Uh, Oh, yeah. Exactly. Yes, yes, 100%. exactly yes. that. 100% mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. I'm in the corner watching, watching you kiss her. Oh. We did it really slow. <laughs> we did the, like Callum, the whatever version. his name. Yeah, the Callum, the Callum Scott. Scott. Oh, Is that his God. name? No. We did the Callum Scott. <laughs> Not that. We say, Robin's great. <laughs> and thank you for bringing Robin to the table. We're going to bring Callum Scott. We're going to bring Callum to the table. <laughs> If we're sending up Robin, we're going to counter. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we yeah. take your first offer. We're going to counter and slide you a number across the table. It, you, it's a little piece of paper. It says Callum Scott. It says Callum Scott. And that's what we're... Naomi, I want to tell you my favorite part of that song. Okay, go ahead. I don't know if you're related or not. And if you don't, I certainly do want you to push back. Um, okay. Robin says... And then... I don't know what this instrument is, but what is that instrument? I'm pretty sure that's like a very reverbed out like clave or like wood block. Yeah. That's one of the most iconic parts of the whole song. That it is a vocal part. Like that yes. is, that's a huge. You have to go, you have to go. Yeah, you have to mime it and you, or you have to sing it out loud. It's, it's crucial. And I think like we, Pretty much anyone who makes mute pop music or indie pop or whatever now um, is is trying to replicate like the genius that is that like specific part that has become so beloved in in that song. It's genius. It's iconic, and it comes in not at the beginning, but a couple lines in. So you're waiting for it because you know the form a little bit, and then mm-hmm. and then it breaks it up. She takes you there. Mm-hmm. Kind of like Phil Collins, how the drums come in two minutes and 37 seconds in. It's like, boom, boom, boom. (laughs) (laughs) It's so, two minutes and 31 seconds of waiting for a couple drums, and then it's just, now we're up and running. I sounded like drums when I did that. (laughs) Naomi, what memory does, you don't don't have to have one, but when you Mm -hmm. hear Dancing on My Own by Robin, does it take you to a place? Does it take you to any places? It takes me to a few places. Um, da- Dancing on My Own is like a kind of, it, it's like a queer bird call. Like it, like where if, if you're gay and that song is playing and you hear it, you're like, oh shit, gotta go. And like, you go, know, it's, it's just, it, it has, it has that effect on people. And like, I think the first time I heard it, I was, a friend of mine showed it to me and then we were like recording bad, like uh iMac like filtery videos of like singing and dancing to it which is like thank god that's not on the internet and like it should be scrubbed from from history entirely but I was enjoying myself um and then I went to go another the most amazing memory I have of it I went to go see Robin at the forum and we got good seats or standing whatever like we were were in a good spot we could see well and she played dancing on my own and the first chorus of the song, all the music stops and everyone's already singing. And then you look around and there's like 10,000 gay people only. They only let gay people in the show. (laughs) Losing their fucking minds. Just 
going apeshit singing the chorus and then they realize the music is out and then everyone starts singing even wilder i'm i'm frankly stoned out of my mind in that moment (laughs) uh, weeping like having the best time um and then all the music is out everyone's going she just holding the mic into the crowd everyone's singing going nuts and then she says i'm just gonna dance all night and then boom all the track is back and like i i i I came in that moment like that that's that's what that feels like i mean i'm on the verge of tears yeah yeah right now especially hearing it now when like I mean, that would have been moving in the before times. It was moving in the before times, but now to think that it could happen in the after times is... Well, and it must. If it doesn't, I... (laughs) (laughs) That's what the real darkness does set in at a certain point. Like, yeah, when will really. there be a concert again? And I guess, hmm. Hmm. and will I, and, and who's going? <laughs> like, the, yeah. like, right now, <laughs> they going? could do a, co- I feel like people are doing concerts now, people that shouldn't be, and then people are going, and then that's a whole group of people that I'm like, great, well, when I go to a concert, they all shouldn't be allowed to come. No, they shouldn't. Attend, and also orgasm. <laughs> yeah, they shouldn't, shouldn't be allowed, be allowed to, come to come, dual meaning. C-U-M or C-O-M-E, come. They shouldn't be able to come. That is the that should be the curse that that befalls people yeah. who don't respect COVID rules. Yeah, that's fair, and, right? <laughs> yeah, take away orgasm. <laughs> <laughs> Naomi, would you consider um, Robin to be on a list of people that you would like kill to collaborate with? Is that fair to say? I think that's fair to say. I also there's like there's certain musicians that I that I bestow a certain like reverence on where it's like yeah. to be honest, I don't even want to meet you in person. Like I not like I don't oh. like like I'm not I'm not worthy. Like I want you to be so happy. I saw Robin once actually IRL like outside of the Oaks on like across the street from Gelson's and off of Franklin, I saw her and I was like, I think I'm pretty sure that's fucking Robin. And then I, we walked the other direction. We're <laughs> like, that is like, it's just like, it's too overwhelming. But yes, of course she'd be like, that would be like a crazy dream. Or to just know that she thought that my band was cool. That's like all, that's all I need. Like, or just to think one song was good. That's good enough for me. Yeah. For, for her to like in an interview next year, yeah, be- then be like, what are you listening to right now? And Robin be like, I've been really jamming to Muna. That I yeah that would be that's that's perfect for me that's that's perfect. I would wow. love that. I hope it happens. Me too. What if I went so negative on Robin? Don't go negative on Robin. I don't have a reason to, but it just would be so funny to like. I am obsessed with her and also love the song and also agree that it's a queer anthem. Um, and I also love about that song that it's up. It's party sad. It's a sad song. Mm-hmm. But you would mm-hmm. never feel it listening to well, it. Well, that's why Callum Scott took it where he did. Yeah, Callum did <laughs> what could technically be done with it. <laughs> Callum said, have you guys heard the lyrics? And, and we were like, yeah, no, we know. <laughs> he like mansplained the song. He was like, this song's fucked up. he said you guys don't get it the way it's supposed to be heard you get listen to this i'll show you what it's how it's supposed to sound (laughs) i mean that is the way i felt the first time i listened to the lyrics the first time i like heard the lyrics i was like i need to tell someone this is sad you know what song like really (laughs) when i first you know how there's songs that you listen to as a kid that when you first like actually heard the lyrics you were like wait what like o-town had a song called liquid dreams and i was like 
wait a second. <laughs> but as a kid, I was like, stop smiling. <laughs> I thought in that Shaggy song when he says, Wasn't me. Butt naked, banging on the bathroom floor. I thought they were naked, walked in the bathroom, <laughs> banging for someone to like get them out. And then I listened to it as an adult and I was like, oh, sick. Not sick, cool. Sick, ew. Get off the floor. <laughs> One time I took an edible and I got locked in a McDonald's bathroom in Washington, D.C. And I had, I was so scared because I couldn't get out, but I was really high and I was scared that that would get me arrested. And I... Um, had to bang on the door for a really long time and then a police officer did let me out and I was fully sobbing and I, it was the scariest moment of my life is this when you were serving in the senate or before before okay that's actually how I met so I got an, an endorsement from the DC police which we don't like to talk about now but <laughs> That's been a really <laughs> negative mark on your record, I will say. No, 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 no. But at the time, it was really important for my election campaign. And so I... Right. Um, no, everyone knows that. We just are like, <laughs> it's weird that she cozied up. I'm just... I'm telling you what people say. I'm but, not but, issuing but it. I feel like people think it's like I took them out to dinner, but all it was was that they let me out of the bathroom and then we like laughed and laughed and laughed about it because it was like so embarrassing, like what happened. And then you said a cab and then... <laughs> yeah. And then I was like, I was like, all right, anyway, yeah. fuck y'all. And then I left the <laughs> But the, <laughs> but anyway, I could have made some powerful change maybe while I was there, but I didn't, and nobody remembers <laughs> I was in the Senate. <laughs> the real stands remember. Naomi, if you could serve in one political office in the whole country <laughs> without the endorsement of the D.C. police or any police union. You could get the endorsement if you needed it. What would you serve as? Uh... I almost, <laughs> I almost said home secretary, and I know that that is not a position that is in America. Like the first yeah. thing that came to my mind was just home secretary, which I know is a UK thing. Um, right. So I wouldn't need the DC police endorsement for that. I'd also need to be a UK citizen. But yeah, I, I don't. I, I think if you aspire to political office, uh, no offense, Shelby is a former senator. I think that that's that is twisted. There's something twisted about wanting to be a senator. To be fair, I didn't aspire to it. I didn't aspire to it. I fell into it. I, I yeah. absolutely fell into it. No, and and then I got out really quickly. Obviously, I'm so young, painfully young, a baby. Even, yeah. And I've already served <laughs> my time and left. So it's you yeah. Know, I didn't aspire to much, but I did. I did make it. Yeah. And heroes have greatness thrust upon them. <laughs> exactly. And that's the story of the position I would give you in government is I was just thinking I would make you czar of queer music. Oh, thank you. You would kill it that. <laughs> that's like, <laughs> yeah, being able to, well, uh, I do, I have a lot of strong opinions. I'm not afraid yes. to say it. I also say things are queer if they're not. Thank right, you. Because well, that's a lot of radical. Not explicitly queer things are Secretly, a little bit clearer. Most yeah. things. So most music would probably get into that playlist. Is this like the type of, it's like the czar, like who's putting together like Obama's like songs of my summer, like lists that he like keeps dropping? I don't, is, I don't know what <laughs> czar is. I just keep hearing sure. people be like, we need, Joe Biden needs to appoint this kind of czar. And I'm like, <laughs> to me, czar is evil. explicitly in like the Ukraine. Like, I don't know, like czar. I thought it was evil. Yeah, I thought it was I like thought, dictator. I think I always knew it was a position of power, but in a in a in not here. I didn't think. Yes, which, strictly which Slavic. Like, yeah, it sounds Slavic, very yes. like Eastern Europe. Like I was like, okay, we're 
we're, we have czars? Really? Cute. We have um, czars here. It's all a big <laughs> joke. Yeah. Cute. What's the straightest <laughs> thing that you consider to be queer? I, I, I don't know if I could say something objective, but f- uh, personally, like, I, I enjoy certain kinds of music that people could say are maybe misogynistic, maybe even homophobic, but I'm enjoying it. Like certain right. kinds of certain kinds of hardcore rap, like I'm queering that by listening to it and okay. by enjoying it and by you know li- living that in in vi- vicariously through the, the the experience. If that makes sense, that's what comes to mind. But I'm sure I could think of more. Most things are gay, generally speaking. Yeah, agreed. Anything, Anything we're good. talking about. Anything good. Yeah. Yeah. I think the straightest music that I couldn't even argue is gay is like James Taylor. <laughs> like Fire yeah. and Rain is like the straightest song. Period. But it's for like emotional straight men. Do you yeah. know what I like the, there's dad. like a certain Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like the dads who like, yeah, the James Taylor dads sometimes like Joni, which is lesbian of them. Joni Mitchell. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. What is the most famous Joni Mitchell song, do we think? I feel like her most famous one is probably, and I have, uh, I mean, like, I think her late career stuff is so good and incredible and, and people, but people hate, you know, women over 30. So like people, you know, it's just, it's all kinds of messed up. But I think her most famous song is probably Woodstock, right? Or no, uh, not Woodstock. Really? Big um, Yellow Taxi. Big, big, big Yellow Taxi. Big Yellow Taxi, okay. Woodstock, A Case of You, maybe like top three. Blue. California. Maybe. River. California. River, river for sure, especially this time, time of the yeah, year. River, river. <laughs> Joni Mitchell's most famous song in my mind is, and you guys might or might not know this one, it's kind of a deep cut, Annette Benning's hairstyle in The Kids Are All Right. <laughs> that is a Joni Mitchell song to me. Yes. <laughs> and yeah. I've said what I've said. Okay. Mm. Dare I mm. ask? What's the next thing? Oh, yeah, your record, Naomi. <laughs> we're having so much fun talking that we forgot that we're actually building something for we're space. We're building something for space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're contracted by NASA, so we do have to... So when the last one started, uh, you said, dancing Robin. on my own, Robin. Yeah. And what's yeah. next? A hard left. But also, I, I, the more I've been thinking about the things that I like pitched like straight out of my asshole via email of just like what the five <laughs> things that came to mind to me in that moment were i i feel like they're they're all kind of in this like queer uh, high art canon and i think that you, it, it takes an acquired taste to to really know that robin is the greatest white musician and it also takes a mm-hmm. cultivated taste it's it and it's not like easily comprehensible or or accepted into the mainstream uh, is a piece of art like the like the Kim Cattrall scatting video. Mm-hmm. That's high art. Kim Cattrall. <laughs> Kim Cattrall of Sex and the City fame. The second mm-hmm. greatest white musician. <laughs> the second greatest of white all musician. time. <laughs> of all and time. the third being Kim Cattrall's husband. <laughs> yeah, who, <laughs> who plays stand up bass. Um, <laughs> and I don't know. I don't know good versus bad stand up bass, but it doesn't seem like he. It, is playing it well. I read poetry and sonnets, and he plays the upright bass. Yamakipiebo, sederefakebo, in dog Latin he quotes. Yuge, suffer, The The whole thing 
defies logic. Like every every aspect of it, I find to be deeply like concerning and confusing, but also very very funny. And there's something a little bit <laughs> endearing about it. And there's something deeply like Shakespearean level tragic about it. Yeah, um, it's, but it's, I, it, yeah. He, he's the real. He's like the real tragic character of that video in a way because I do think like he is trying to be really. They're both trying to be good at what they're doing. I don't, I can't say whether or not he's being good at what he's doing. <laughs> well, I think the thing is, is that he's trying to be good and he's quietly doing that, which always right. to me is like, it's like more earnest. Mm-hmm. She's putting on a show with it and she's also really trying and, and that which makes is embarrassing it, and harrowing. That makes it more embarrassing. Like his try, trying yeah. is a little bit less embarrassing. Like it's like, he's just doing his best, but he's <laughs> trying so hard to please his wife who, spoiler alert, like. They divorce. <laughs> she also, at the end of the scatting, and note that I'm putting some quotes around scatting, she rubs his chest, and then it cuts back to the interview, and she and she says, We just have a good rhythm together, you know? We, he sort of feels me out, I feel him out, and uh, we go for it. And it's like, oh, you guys went for it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he feels me out. I feel him out. Then we go for it. I think a lyric, the lyric, there's a, a lot of it is just sounds, but there is some lyricism. Well, he bit all the he dogs and winked at all the she dogs. The town never knew such a hullabaloo as that little dog raised till the end of that day. Well, he bit all the he dogs and winked at all the she dogs, and the town never knew such a hullabaloo as the little <laughs> dog raised till the end of that day. And- and that was just you reading it. If I could, this is her performing it. Well, he bit all the he dogs and, and winked at all the she dogs, and the town never knew such a hullabaloo. It's it's also amazing how she ends it. She's like, as the little dog raised till the end of that that day. It's like it's so powerful. Yeah, like one like, of those moms who would read at the kindergarten class, like, would read a book and then be like, and the dog raced to the end of that day. It's, it's, it's so incredible. Getting to show anyone this video is like one of my life's greatest, like, pleasures is like, if you haven't seen this video, I need to be there to experience what it's like for you seeing this for the first time. I've showed it to a few people. It is such a, a delight. Naomi, was it shown to you or did you discover it organically on the web? It was shown to me. I can't okay. remember by whom, which Tragic. is a shame because I would love to give credit where credit is due. But I, it was shown to me in college. I mean, they, they deserve a pair, a winter pair <laughs> there in season uh, for that. That, that, that. The Kim Control scouting video is like, it, it's the Beethoven of YouTube. It's like, it is a perfect genius video um it was shown to me i watched it a hundred times i have pretty much all of it memorized i think about it all the time the amount of like space it's taken up in my brain is immeasurable at this point and i i still laugh about it it's been years i think about it and it makes me laugh it's it's an incredible it's an incredible video everything about it and the fact that they got divorced is so yeah brutal will you (laughs) give us will you give us your take of it will you give us your Um, best read of it yeah, I'll give you my best read. Uh, I need to... Okay, so if I fuck up... Let me let me set the stage. Okay, here we go. Uh, ladies and gentlemen and everyone in between, Naomi McPherson. As Kim Control. <laughs> clap, 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 clap. The curtain's <laughs> open. 
um, uh, my husband or something. I, I read poetry and sonnets, and my husband plays the upright bass. And then he's playing. Uh, and then she goes, Yama kippa yebo, cedarefikebo, in the Latin he quoth. UJ, Safa Saray, screaming. <laughs> and then <laughs> a, a full blown scream. Um, well, he bit at all the he dogs, winked at all the she dogs. <laughs> the town never knew such a hullabaloo as a little dog raised till the end of that day. You know, we just have a great rhythm together. I, I feel him out, he feels me out, and we go for it. <laughs> we go for it. That's pretty much, that's close. That's it. That's it. I will say this about her. She did go for it. <laughs> they went for it. <laughs> they did, they did, I mean, he went for it, you know, but she went yeah. for it. He wasn't matching her energy. Yeah, she had, that's the best stage presence I've ever seen. <laughs> it had zero irony. I mean, the way she moves her body and the fact that she calls them sonnets. I mean, it's really next level. I... Ugh. It's also it's it's like it's, it's there's something so cr- just wild about it. Like it starts with kind of <laughs> scatting, it ends with the scream, and then she segues into what is probably an actual sonnet or like some kind of a- old poem, like right. or some kind some kind of bizarre like oh the he dog I, she dog bit that seems real. <laughs> the the beginning of that is is scat. Yeah, yeah. It's incredible stuff. It's scat from a <laughs> six-year-old white woman. <laughs> it's scat, scat the way it wasn't meant to be done. No, oh, not at all. There's another video. I wish I could. I wish I knew how to find it. But there's an incredible video, also related to scatting, of like a high school choir. Do and they're all white. There's like one. <laughs> there's maybe one black person in the whole choir, and they there. It's like jazz, and then they all take turns scatting. It's one of the most tragic things I've ever seen. I'll try and find it and I'll email it later. And but, that's yeah. the third best white musician. <laughs> <laughs> without a doubt. Is that Naomi, you telling us that felt to me like the first time I heard that for sale baby shoes never worn thing. <laughs> it got sadder with every word. Because yeah. you hear all white choir and you go, no matter where this goes, mm-hmm. if they all live and perform a song... It's the saddest thing that I've ever heard. It's tough. Yeah. It's it's sad. It's sad. Unless it's like Appalachian folk music somehow. Right. (laughs) Right. But even that, in its own way, can be. This has a tinge of sadness. Problematic. Yeah. And then to hear that there's one person of color instead of zero, you're like, at this point, save them. (laughs) Get them them out. Let them get anywhere else. Um,. Ugh. That is the plot of Get Out. Like that's that's Get Out. Truly, that is Ooh, Get Out. Get Out Two, Choir <laughs> Edition. Um, <laughs> and the thing that they're truly. stealing isn't the physical bodies; it's, it's the music. The rhythm. <laughs> 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 um, I also like Kim Cattrall is such a fascinating character in general to me, just because of how much she feuds with her co-stars from Sex and the City. Like there, there's. I have never been so confused about a relationship between w- women, which is already can be pretty complicated, than I Thank am with you. the cast. <laughs> Caleb does not like women. Oy, they don't get me started. <laughs> but they're all there's what four of them in Sex and the City. Three of them are like we're friends, and she's Miranda, like, no, never Carrie, Samantha, Samantha, Charlotte, Charlotte, Charlotte. You're such a Charlotte. <laughs> 
It's not. It's not important. Um, I don't think it's true. People I went to my like group of high school friends were they did that kind of like oh out of our friend group I'm and at the time I'm like definitely queer definitely closeted definitely like non-binary closet and everyone's going around they're like you're for sure Carrie and then I'm like Miranda I'm Miranda but well, Miranda. Miranda. once Miranda. and I, just and I know Miranda that I'm Miranda just just say Miranda. <laughs> Just say and Miranda and let me lick my wound. Yeah, of course. Yeah, they my, did. Okay. That that is outing. Like that yeah, straight that's, up outed me. Yeah, that's outing someone. To be called the Miranda. No one listen, <laughs> Miranda in the actual show, I haven't seen all of it, but I've seen enough to know she's got the best head on her shoulders. Absolutely. And shout out to Cynthia Nixon. She's like a bad MFer. She's yeah. a bad MFer. Part Thank of my you for English. not cursing. Yeah. Yeah. But people, nobody wanted to be called the Miranda. Yeah. I love the Kim Cattrall, you know, most people finish a TV show, a long running popular TV show, and they say, those are my girlies. I love them. Sisters for life. I'll never forget what it was like to be on set. And Kim Cattrall's like, I fucking hate Sarah Jessica Parker. I'd kill her if I could get away with it. And it's and it's for whom? <laughs> Ladies, oh, you're... Aging, you're old. We don't need to have this fight. Which is beautiful. Yeah, hey. We love. Gorgeous. <laughs> I know we said we love. We love aging as a concept. Conceptually, the passing of time is something we're excited about, but girlies, women Give it a rest. <laughs> Womenies. <laughs> yeah, they're not girlies anymore. They're womenies. It's the most wonderful time of your life, aging. When you're getting older. When you're coming into Female yourself. Female friendship, am I right? Female friendship. <laughs> Female friendship is the strongest struggle. <laughs> so... <laughs> hey, if you ever like the music we're putting together, let's <laughs> not Shelby and I's secret for this recording, Naomi, is that we're auditioning for you. We're like, what well, we like, want a background sing. Figuring out how to, you've already figured out somehow how to overcome the Zoom lag. So, like, sometimes you are singing at the same time, which is, yeah. that's pretty special. So, Well, that's, that's the magic. That's the yeah. magic of making music, says we. Yeah, we, two famous musicians. Two, fam- <laughs> two famed musicians. Look, here's the truth of the matter. Every and this comedian. Is, this is the undercurrent of the podcast. Everybody Every in the world thinks they're funny and wants to be a comedian, except, except for, for comedians, comedians who, who want to be musicians. musicians. This mm. is what moves the world on its little axis. That's how the world keeps... T- that's gravity. Naomi, Gravity. Uh, yes. Also, <laughs> uh, yes. Um, I... I I think music and and dance d- does live in all of us. It's part of our our like it's part of our nature as humans. So thank you. I for think art. That. You're welcome. Uh, and anyone anyone can sing as much as they freaking want in this country. It's free country. But not everyone is funny, and that is sad. <laughs> You know what, though? The thing is, you're so right. People can are allowed to sing and dance, which is so beautiful. But people, normal people who aren't funny, will convince themselves they are. And Mm. I think a lot fewer normal people will convince themselves they're musically talented. It still happens. Right. But I think there's a more discernible, like, 
what is good music and what is not to some extent. My mom used to insist not on telling me I was good at singing when I wasn't because she told me verbatim. <laughs> what, do you want me to lie? And then you end up like William Hung. <laughs> and I said, oh. and I said okay. <laughs> Leave William out of it to some extent, you know, like. It was, I once did, I was in a production of Joseph in the te- magical technical. Who among us coach. has not been in oh, Joseph. Yeah. Oh, how many times have I been in it is the real question. Three. I, I is the answer. Three is the answer. Were you a color and then you were something? Yeah, <laughs> like, I did. I did grow over time. You I climbed was the ladder. in chorus. Then I was, um, I was one of the adoring girls. And then I was mm-hmm. Isakai. Wow. Come yeah, on. I really climbed the Joseph ladder, the corporate ladder of yeah. Joseph and the Technicolor Dreamcoat. But my mom after <laughs> my mom after said you weren't dancing as hard as the others. <laughs> was, <laughs> was like, <laughs> and I believe her. And I was like, right, well, was I good or is that just where we're leaving? <laughs> and she was like, you don't want me to answer that because if I tell you you're good when you're not. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, I'm not trying out for American Idol. I'm trying to do local (laughs) theater. (laughs) I'm just trying to enjoy my childhood, but that's over. (laughs) I didn't know this was an audition for a career, but if I had, maybe I would have thrown my arms up a little harder. (laughs) She's harder. You weren't dancing hard enough. She's going to listen to this and be like, that was a really good thing I said. (laughs) I do think it is the responsibility of parents to like, you know, destroy a few dreams like they're, yeah. they're, like it, so it does build mm, mm, yeah maybe maybe a little well i didn't see you in joseph so i can't say <laughs> well. but but i've staged managed joseph before uh at a local theater so i i do know the bits but so imagine uh, someone who's exactly average that was me <laughs> <laughs> wait i have to know naomi what dreams did your parents productively destroy for you yeah. Um, my, like, my mom told me, like, that one time, I always think about this, I was like, I used to just sing, like, just like, I had so, I had so many feelings inside me, I just needed to sing, which is, like, <laughs> disgusting, ultimately. But so embarrassing. It's so deeply embarrassing. embarrassing. Yeah. It's, ooh, it's, it's rough. But yeah, I think my mom told me one time that when I had headphones on in the car, I was like probably in third grade. She was like, you are singing too loud. And I was like, ooh, okay. Brutal. I thought I was good, but, um. It's too much. And then I thought I was good and kind of giving a gift to the car. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I thought it was entertaining, but okay, I guess not. Um, I, I, I cried in every piano lesson I ever had. It was like the only times I cried for Because you were so moved. By your own work? No, bec- or? no, because I was so terrified and I did not practice <laughs> and I expected things to get better, but I did not practice. Mm-hmm. But um, I, th- I'm, I was never good at math and my, and my mom was like, I can't help you here and I don't know how this is going to go. But, you know, maybe you need a tutor for the SAT. And I did. But the I think it, the, and teachers who, are, who grade things fairly, I think that's good. Just, you know, don't don't blow smoke up kids' asses just because they're kids. Some things suck. I've made some things that sucked. Mm-hmm. We got to correct this participation trophy <laughs> generation. <laughs> yeah, these kids need to toughen <laughs> these, up. 
Kids these days. Kids these days have it too easy. We're giving them a trophy for everything. The title of this episode is going to be Naomi McPherson destroys participation trophy. <laughs> Listen, there's never been a better time to be a trophy maker. I'll say that. (laughs) Okay, before we get more for Naomi's iconic record for space. It's time. For a break. Naomi, we've heard from you that you would put Robbins dancing on my own on your record to send to space. Um, We've heard that you would put Kim Cattrall scatting. Uh, I think maybe next we can... We can move more. This is like this is less of like a tangible thing and more of like if I could bottle a, a, an emotion or like a, 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 a yeah a feeling or a, t- a time in one's life as a, as a human. If we're, we we're trying to communicate to with aliens, right? Right. Yes. yes. It's like it's gonna come with a. It's gonna be like a suit that they can put on for like a, a full <laughs> body like yeah they can wear experience. you yeah it's like a morph Buffalo suit. <laughs> um. <laughs> Different, though, because they can feel your feelings and not just look like you. Worse. Yeah. <laughs> Much darker. Yeah. Um, uh, I think I would, if I could bottle uh, a feeling, I would bottle the uh, the concept of, like, teen feelings. And then later, when you forget about what those feelings were like, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a conci- that's the most concise way that I can put that, if that makes sense. What are those feelings for you? Can you place them? Like, do you think back and think, oh, I felt this and I don't even remember? Um, the other day, like my, I, the reason I wrote this is that I, my friends from high school and I have like a group chat that occasionally people will text stuff to, um, the, and <laughs> someone was texting, uh, pictures of our grad, like our uh, senior yearbook. And like mm-hmm. our senior quotes and stuff. And they texted a picture of me and my quote was, reality is wrong. Dreams are for real. And I was like, I do not remember <laughs> picking that quote. I think that's mm-hmm. the stupidest thing. Like, I, I just felt so embarrassed. And I knew that that when I wrote that, it must have been earnest. And I must have been like having mm-hmm. a moment really being like, man, this physical realm, not where it's it's not, not where it's at. Right. <laughs> but what I've got going on up here, <laughs> you can't it. even that's imagine. <laughs> you can't even. You can't believe. You wouldn't believe what I've got going on. <laughs> I think. And then, like when you see movies of like people's parents, at, like it's like teens and and parents, and the parents are like, "You're gonna get older one day and miss me or whatever," and they're like, "You're yeah. embarrassing, mom." Like that kind of <laughs> yeah. that that stuff. When you're a teenager. Everything like right now, I'm like, there are things I won't do. And I'm okay with that. But when you're a teenager, you don't have that yet. You're like, anything no. is possible. When I leave this town, like there's like this I can do anything and the only thing stopping me is I'm not old enough yet. Like that's <laughs> yeah, I feel yeah. like the big mentality of like fifteen. You're like, once I get my license, and then you're like, once I get eighteen. There's a number of especially when you're like a younger teenager, 14, 13, there's a number of um, very important benchmarks and abilities that come along with them that separate you from where you are in the world <laughs> and what is what I consider to be, quote, the rest of life, end <laughs> quote, right? So there's like getting your license, graduating high school, picking a college, going, to, moving into your dorm, like getting, being able to legally drink. 
And then you graduate from There's those no other things. way to drink, but legally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you... Exactly. And thank you for saying that. And I never we drank before We have a very young listenership. You know that. <laughs> we are very hot with like 13-year-olds. And they shouldn't drink yet. Um, but then there's just the rest of your life. And you... There's that feeling of like anything... Uh, anything could happen. I'm... I've got it all in front of me is like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> there's also the only other thing standing in the way. There's two things I've decided that stand in the way. One is age and the other is like other people, like your equals, not adults. Like you're mm-hmm. like, if they like me enough or don't like, like that's the other big thorn. You're like, everyone has to like me and I have to be what everyone wants me to be so that I can be liked so that I can make those things happen for myself. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Or did I just read myself? <laughs> I mean, we're, you're just, we're, everyone's like, you're growing every night, which just yeah. hurts and makes you so <laughs> tired. I used to, I'm, I'm pretty tall. I'm like five, nine. I, I was huge for like forever. <laughs> and I was every night I was so tired, but then somehow I could also like stay up until four in the morning and then go to school mm-hmm. at like seven and then be falling asleep for the rest of the day. You have so many feelings. You're listening to music and you're like, I, this is touching me. You've never been in a relationship. That's like what all music is about. And you're like, I, this heartbreak is personal to me. To me. Um, yeah. yeah. It's just like a very embarrassing period of life. You're making f- fashion mistakes, especially if you're uh, maybe less so now. I feel like my generation. How old are both of you? No, I mean, you could say this could be off the record, but how <laughs> I want I want mine on the record. <laughs> Caleb's twenty five, turning twenty six, so soon. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And I'm so 27. yeah. Okay. So I'm yeah. I'm twenty seven. So we hey. we grew up. Well, that's what's up. We grew up <laughs> in the era of like the most like we should have had the most distrust in like in fashion ever but nobody had any distrust and it was all complete conformity to just prep low-rise jeans and like trauma 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 compounded (laughs) trauma (laughs) mistakes and violence like that have that now we have to live with like the photos of and now 13 year olds look like cool i looked like hell when i was 13 like bad really really bad Maybe as a treat, I'll throw this on the Instagram. But when I was like 14, um, that I mean, I, I'm Jewish and there was a lot of Jews in town. Actually, that's not even that true. There were Jews in town, <laughs> some. <laughs> but I went to a lot of bar bat mitzvahs. And Same. there's one specific one. I don't think I'll say her name because that feels like an invasion of her privacy. Dox her. Name and address. <laughs> but she had a, a B'nai mitzvah with her cousin, and it was a bunch of people from B'nai different mitzvah. schools. That means two people at the same time. And it's pronounced B'nai mitzvah? Yeah. Love that. B apostrophe N-A-I mitzvah. I want to have that with Josette. I've been trying to, we've been, me and Josette have been trying to, to, I will to do ours as adults. rabbi it. Don't okay. worry. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, great. We'll pick a portion after this. Um, but it was a B'nai Mitzvah and they went to different schools, the cousins. So it was like the biggest event because we were going to hang out with people from another school. You know how like that was like a weird, like, oh my God, new people in the world. And everyone, I remember everyone picking out their outfits and thinking we're going to look really good. And (laughs) there's a bunch of pictures from this mitzvah where I'm in 
low-rise Abercrombie bell-bottom jeans, sequenced belt that um, comes together with like a Pain. little clasp, but it didn't go through the holes. Like it had to go over. And then I was wearing three polos. Pain. Yes. <laughs> I feel pain. 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 Three polos. I said, have you heard of fashion, baby? Three polos. Hey. And pop the collar. Don't you forget. Hey. That was in, baby. <laughs> every, every picture of us as a group is like everyone. It's a Lacoste ad. It's like. <laughs> that was so in layering, also layering tanks. And they're long. Mm-hmm. Like tanks basically down to your knees. <laughs> and Sophie shorts. Sophie shorts um, folded over so many times that it's underwear. Oh, the my more God. times you can fold it, the better. Um, also, there was a period of time where like the logo that you had on your because I, I had a uniform. You had to have a collared shirt. And it became cooler the bigger the logo was. And mm. Ralph Lauren made one that was like half Normous, your body. Yeah. And one girl, her <laughs> name's Kylie, she had that. And we were all like, okay, well, she's the one to beat. Kylie has done it. <laughs> Kylie, girlie, you win. Kylie girlie, she was really good at soccer. Oh, God. I love all the that best for her. Were. All the best are. Yeah, she was really Being good, good at soccer was like such a thing. That is probably, I did not know I was queer yet. Girls that played soccer is what made me queer, and I didn't know it. Thank you. People Boys called me homo me. nomo on my soccer team. I was a goalie, first of all. Like, <laughs> first of all, okay. just well, you were tall. You were tall. Yeah, I was just big. I could just go like, like spread my arms out, and everyone else was small. So it's just kind of like, uh. <laughs> I was like, really, really, really small. And for one game, they made me goalie because the goalie was injured. And I was like, wow. there's no way I'm the size of the ball. <laughs> I, have to, <laughs> I have to throw okay, Brad. my body. Yeah. Okay, Brad, I'm the size of a soccer ball. <laughs> I would kill. I would pay a lot of money. Hey, we can get a soccer ball. Something that's not the goal. <laughs> Just for me to say, God, I would kill to be the size of a soccer ball. And Shelby to say, we could own one. Right. Well, babe, that's not exactly what's on the table. (laughs) Uh, Something I was thinking of, Naomi, when you said teenage emotions is like, I don't know if you guys felt this way, but I distinctly remember when I was 16, 17, 18, before I left my hometown, basically, everything felt so disastrous and permanent. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like if someone was mad at me, I was like... This is going to form me for the rest of my life. <laughs> I cannot believe that this person is angry with me. They're never going to like me again. It's going to haunt me forever. And it's someone now that I'm like, I could not, gun to my head, tell you if they're alive. Like, I <laughs> do not know. Also, the concept of a permanent record. I was oh so my God. sure. They lied. Not, what the fuck is a permanent record? No one has ever brought... Who owns I, it? The government? I don't know. Also, like, my grades <laughs> in high school, I was like, my parents made me sign a contract when I went into high school saying I would do good at school. <laughs> and I, <laughs> I didn't meet the we requirements. We had such different parents. <laughs> I had to get it notarized, but I like, <laughs> I, I remember being like, well, I mean, to their point, to their credit, like those grades will like be with me everywhere I go for the rest of my life. Like imagine I apply for a job now and someone's like, what did you get in high school biology? <laughs> People didn't even make me prove I had a college degree when I started getting jobs after college. I don't know if I have one. I don't, I don't, I never paid for mine. I'll tell you, they still have I the didn't, Yeah, one. I didn't pick up my thing. So I'm kind of like, it could be anything. It could, they could have, it could be a piece of paper that says like, she did not make it. 
I was just changing my minor. Every job I applied for after college, I would lie about my minor. I would be like major sociopolitical <laughs> communication. And then whatever, like if it was advertising, I'd be like minor in advertising. And it was always a lie and no one could prove yeah. it. Because what are they going to do in the interview? Be like, so which classes did you take to make that minor? Like, no, they're just like, that's the minor. You're going to call my school like a fucking detective. <laughs> I'll kill you. That's how I got jobs. Is I would threaten to kill yeah. people in the interview. Well, it, once, when you put fear of God in someone... Yeah, and you know what's even scarier than the fear of God? Fear of guns. Fear of Caleb. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, yes, I do agree. Everything, (laughs) everything felt. (laughs) You know what's you know what's scarier than the fear of God? Fear of Caleb. Caleb. (laughs) Fear of Caleb gets you more fear of God. More powerful, more scary. Y'all be scared of a Midwestern man on a mission. That's like your Real Housewives like <laughs> intro. <laughs> Spinning, I, I I turn around in a big chair at a desk and I say, "You know what's scarier than the fear of God? Fear of Caleb." <laughs> and then the next one is like, "My husband doesn't know that I'm 14." An amputee. <laughs> 14. My husband doesn't know he's committing a grave crime. Well, he doesn't know. Oh, no. <laughs> Ignorance is bliss. It won't save him from jail time, but it will save him from feeling really weird about it now. And from hell. <laughs> if you don't know you're sinning, you can't be. Is that true? Accountable. Jews don't believe in hell, so I can't you know, speak to it. You know, different. <laughs> Perspectives. Um, anyway, back to what you were saying. I do agree that everything felt like the biggest deal in the world in high school. Permanent. If everything someone didn't permanent. like me back, I was like, great. Well, I guess love isn't for me. <laughs> Yeah, you're like, you're like, love is, I, for whatever, like, psychotic reason, I had crushes on boys. And, well, they were also telling you, like, Mm -hmm. if you, if you were, I'm not a girl, but I, like, you know, I was formed as one in them. And they were like, if you have, my, my, my girl talks about this all the time. They're like, they would write in magazines, like, having a girl crush is normal. Like, if you want to kiss your friends, (laughs) that is totally straight. Like, Mm -hmm. that, that existed. So I had, like, weird crushes on boys. And we would be, like, texting people from like your old brick phone that like I had like a I had like a hundred monthly text limit and every time you go over it it's like two million dollars and it's like a family fight (laughs) it's a full-blown family fight you're getting the phone like taken away or you can only make phone calls on it you know just like when you need to be picked up from school or like (laughs) Mm -hmm. from whatever like the uh what was that that they made it was called like the bumblebee and it had like three numbers programmed in it and that was and it could only call like your parents (laughs) oh i didn't know about this (laughs) oh that's cool that that's that's useful yeah i I might get one of those now i suggested (laughs) it I used to babysit a lot and the kid was like five and they were like, well, sometimes we want to pick him up and like blah, blah, blah. And they, I was like, oh, you should get him the bumblebee. And they were like, sure, sure. And then they got him an iPhone. <laughs> See? They said no. Thank you. He'll have a they, said, that's really, they said that's a really good invention. Thank you. He'll have an iPhone, but it was awesome of you to suggest something that you thought would be helpful. We're not um, going to have our kid out here looking poor and limited. <laughs> He'll have an, an Apple iPhone by Apple with the iPhone. From Apple. Honestly, if they wanted him to be smart, he'd have an Android or a Pixel. I have an iPhone, but the smart kids seem to have Androids or Pixels. Everyone with Androids is like, the pictures are pretty good. They're like, the camera on this is good. The pictures on an Android look like the background of my Zoom. (laughs) And it's like, you're ruining a group chat. Like, one. 
For number and, one, first and foremost. <laughs> and your texts are green, and I and like it's not. It's just not appealing. Like it's yeah. not. Also, it, it's your tough. pictures don't need to be incredible. People keep doing this with the phone cameras. They're like, shot on iPhone. It, it, look at how good it looks in this mag. It's it's printed in a magazine. It's like I'm a normal guy. <laughs> I'm not going around being like taking portraits of like a pigeon sitting on a also, rail. Also, if your career is taking portraits, don't use your phone. Use get the, ca- cam, get the camera. Baby. Get a full blown camera. Were you guys people that were allowed to have your phone overnight or did your parents take it? What? <laughs> you guys didn't have friends who had to get their phones taken at night? <laughs> no. Uh, wow. That's awesome. I guess I lived in like a weird town. I lived in the... I lived- <laughs> I lived in the Footloose town. It's Shelby, like Shelby, said, Shelby said, are yeah, you guys no people music. that were allowed to eat three meals a day or were your pantries <laughs> locked? <laughs> oh, you guys didn't have locked pantry? <laughs> <laughs> my parents sometimes took my phone away at night and they were like, it's not good for sleeping. So they're not wrong. It's just insane to that's like, still true. Yeah. Exercise. Though. Yeah. Anyway, um, I guess I lived in the Footloose town and it's cool that you guys did it. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy to think I, that I was... of the three of us. Go ahead, Nobby. <laughs> I was I was just saying I was the only person in, in it was just me and my I have a single parent. Uh she's great. Uh, she didn't know anything about phones, computers, any anything. So like for better or for worse, I mean I've seen things I wish I didn't see this at a very at young ages. But the computer was in my room. I don't know mm-hmm. how I got that to happen. That was a but that rocks. <laughs> Congratulations. Yeah, it ruled. I would lock my door, like be <laughs> in there on the family PC all night on AIM, you know, with like a, a shitty away message. <laughs> and and yeah, and I had I had a phone. I was like, I need the phone with the keyboard or whatever. And then I was like, wait till the two year upgrade comes and you can get the one for free or whatever. You'll get the NV then. One of the biggest wins of my relationship with my mom was that she got a Motorola, a black Motorola Razor when they were big. And and I had like a shitty um, like Samsung slide phone and oh yeah, I got into a big fight. I had been asking for weeks like, we should trade phones. <laughs> <laughs> and finally one night I was like, you have no idea what it is like to be the only person at school who doesn't have a razor. It is torture. <laughs> and she, like, dead ass was like, okay, we'll switch phone. <laughs> like, she was like, I think she was, like, moved by my speech and um, gave me the razor. I desperately, I desperately, I never had the razor, but I desperately huh? wanted the sidekick. <laughs> yes. Oh, never had a razor. I wanted the sidekick so bad because of what Paris Hilton. Like, I think Paris Hilton was like on People magazine holding a sidekick, and I was like, sure, sure, me too, then. Like, sure, sure. That's same, same. The one. <laughs> same vibes. <laughs> um, I want to talk about something else. <laughs> Anything. I'm desperate to speak of something new. <laughs> Uh, I just want to harken back. I want to do a TBT yeah, to when sure, Naomi sure. said there aren't many bangers on the original records. Um, I agree. I think there is maybe one or two, and I think one of them is Johnny B. Good. Johnny B. Good. Johnny J O H N N Y B. Period G O O D. Piano, 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 piano,
Wow. Iconic song. Iconic. One of the items included on the original records is the 1958 rock and roll song Johnny Be Good by Chuck Berry. The song was a major hit, peaking at number two on Billboard magazine's Hot R&B Sides chart and number eight on its Hot 100 chart. In 2004, Rolling Stone magazine put out a list of the 500 greatest songs of all time, and Johnny Be Good by Chuck Berry ranked number seven. Johnny Be Good. A name or a directive. It is both something you would call someone and an order, an insistence, a demand, a command, a command. One thing I worry about with Johnny B. Good being sent into space is that aliens might find the record, play this song, and think that humans are far cooler than we really are. Imagine if aliens played this song and came to Earth thinking that all humans could sing and play guitar like Chuck Berry. And then when we couldn't, they would think we were insulting them. How do you figure? Because if they thought everyone on Earth could, and then they came and we didn't, they would be like, Mike, include this. They would be like, why won't they do their thing for us? Mike, don't include this. Mike, include this. Why won't they do their thing for us? Johnny B. Good. Both a name and a command. The song. Both a song and a story. Johnny B. Good is a song about how much money you could make being a musician which means that it is what we would call in the industry, meta. Johnny B. Good can be described as a certified slapper. One thing to think about is, are there aliens named Johnny? And would they be insulted by being told to be good? Or would they be encouraged by, go, Johnny, go? (laughs) Chuck Berry. An objectively cool name. His full name is Charles Edward Anderson Berry. We can all agree he made the right choice to be called Chuck. I wonder if aliens finding and playing this song would come to Earth and be upset with the way music has evolved. If they would hope that we had stuck with the styles of Chuck Berry and Johnny B. Good, or if they would be excited by all the new things we've done. What if they think the guitar at the beginning of the song is not an instrument, but rather a voice? Do they know what instruments even are? What if music is a threat to aliens? What if they don't understand it and they think it's a war cry? What if Johnny B. Good is a war cry? They actually were hesitant to put that song on because people said rock is too adolescent as an art form. And Carl Sagan said, there are a lot of adolescents on Earth. Wait, that's really cool of Carl Sagan. Right? Kind of a, kind of a <laughs> Carl win. Carl's the guy who was like looking through the kaleidoscope and like railing blunts, right? That was like his thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He seems like, like a, know, a cool dude. He was like, yeah, it is a lot of adolescent music, but let me tell you something about adolescents. They've got a little good head on their shoulders. He he said, they said, Carl, do you think this is too adolescent of an art form? He said, man, humanity's adolescent. (laughs) 
think about the span of time. More freaking young, young, young. Put it on the record. He's, Johnny he's yelling, Put it on making the record. The record. Uh, Naomi, do you think this is a banger? You don't have to say yes if you don't think so. No, I do think this is one of the only... It's this and like 17 like Mozart songs. <laughs> Basically. And, and the, this is this one bangs. There's a few other ones that bang, but they, there's really only like three or four. And this is definitely, maybe this is the, the, yeah, the adolescents, they have the taste. They do now. Um, they are shaping the culture. They were then. And, and, and Johnny B. Good deserved to be on it. What do you think, if you're an alien and you're opening the golden records and you're hearing Johnny B. Good, what is Naomi the alien thinking about Earth and humans? Like, just God, I hope they aren't showing too much ankle or too much elbow or too much <laughs> clavicle. Show ankle challenge. Title of the episode. Naomi People McPherson do- shows ankle. <laughs> <laughs> it's too erotic for most people. We've gone, there's so much that now we've gone back to that being. That's that's the apotheosis. Yeah, of, well, once uh, we start wearing sensuality. Long skirts again. Modesty is hot yeah. now. Once, Modesty's having another moment. Once women went from mini skirts to long skirts, I said, "Well, I mean, I'm always a saying, shift. leave something to the imagination, ladies." <laughs> Caleb, <laughs> Caleb, I mean, I, Caleb makes me wear a sweatsuit in the house. Let me do a little bit of guessing. I'm always saying, I have to shower in a swimsuit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I watch Shelby shower is the it's idea It's not of about that. you watching. No, it's not about you watching. It's about you knowing someone's <laughs> Make me into a sex pervert on the pod. Okay, we'll cut this part. <laughs> no, I want it in. Okay. <laughs> I kind of think at this point in the pod, by the way, Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, Tony, we've already won we all of them for this. <laughs> we we got it. Um, I say when we got on the pod and we be got it, babe. Uh, I think we should ask Naomi what they would delete from humanity. Do you want me to do it or do you want to do it? Like just asking them, like what you know, setting them up for the thing. Do you want to do it or should I do it? I'm gonna do it. <laughs> Naomi. Naomi. No, are you doing it or am I doing We're it? We're wondering, <laughs> what is something so embarrassing that you think we should delete it from the records altogether? And it doesn't have to be war. Famine. The bad capitalism, bad stuff, Regan's pregnancy. Uh, oh, pregnancy. <laughs> Don't say Regan's pregnancy, babe. We loved when he did that. <laughs> That's actually the one progressive thing that Regan The coolest did. thing he did was get knocked up. <laughs> Everything else was fucked. No, we're asking what is something that yeah, isn't the so. big stuff that is so embarrassing yeah. you think humanity should wipe it? Not, yeah, not capitalism or social media or any of these. Because we know you love those. Exactly. <laughs> Jeff Bezos. Yeah. Um, big, yeah. Um, uh, I think, okay, so the, I guess this kind of, uh, this is, I, I say this with, he- with, hesitancy but it kind of it came to mind as we've been having these conversations particularly about traumatic clothing so i think what i would delete entirely and i know this sounds bad um because it is kind of what you you lived as a child shelby now is a personal style or the like or like choice i think too much choice is bad there's too much saturation in the market there's too many 
you have to be an individual all the time and you have to look a certain way and that way changes all the time. And I think I would be, I've been much happier since I've decided that I only wear like four things. I think my life has improved from that. And this is not to say that they can't be cool things, but I don't know. I think there's too much personal style. Does that make sense? And I mean this genuinely. Like, <laughs> yes. No, it's coming across as earnest. It's like but the we, Cheesecake yeah, okay. Factory mm. menu. That shit's yes. fucked up. Yes. That's, it's fucked that's up attack. what they're doing over there. When you're like, it's okay, I have panic. to look at every single food that's ever been created and decide how could I possibly? Then you end up ordering four things. Can't eat it all. You the Cheesecake Factory. The Cheesecake Factory is a terrorist outfit. The menu is asking too much from us. I mean this. There's maybe I'm just anti-choice. Like there should be yeah. no, there should be or a limit. Oh. There should be a limit to the amount of choice. Oh, oh. <laughs> anti-choice. Okay, we're actually a pro-choice pod. Pro-choice pod. <laughs> anti-choice Naomi. No, but uh, yeah. you're you're saying that you're you know anti I mean. like limit limit the amount. When you're at a restaurant, there should be four things on the menu. I'll pick one. Yeah. I'll be happy. I'm not going to spiral yeah. about what I should have gotten. I'll spiral about what to wear. That's why, like, I can't have too much stuff. Like, it, it's it's overwhelming. I agree with Naomi that I get overwhelmed. I've been thinking recently that I should just get, like, four pairs of the same black pants and, like, ten of the same black shirts and just let it stop. Stop trying to buy new cool things because it's exhausting. And it's expensive. In quarantine, all the new clothes I've bought have been sweats. Same. Sweats can be expensive, too. There are the, <laughs> there are new brands popping up every day with, like, affordable cashmere sweatpants. And you're like, what's happening? I just want to be cozy all the time <laughs> for cheap, for no money. I don't want to spend the money. But I also don't want to go to, like, Target and buy them because fast fashion. Right. That's something we're up against. Fast fashion is tough. Um, but I, yeah, I collect t-shirts and that's fun but now i could never get rid of most of my clothes because they're a collector's item do you know what i mean by that what what do you what in terms of t-shirts do you collect or do you just collect them because they have personal meaning to you and they bring you joy or do they are are they like this is a band tee that's like 350 dollars or something like that some of them are like shirts from my hometown like different things from like history or like I get a lot at thrift stores Cute. that I'm like oh this is really cool and then I'm like I can't get rid of them for whatever reason some of them mean nothing mm. to me it's like someone else's high school baseball shirt or something but because sure. I like found it or whatever I'm like no I have to keep it do you depop in these times do you use depop the app? not in these times but I have in the past it's an interesting time on there mm-hmm Depop is an interesting time. It's an interesting time. You can find I I I try to have like a one in one out clothing policy, but I, in, in this in this time, there's not much to do other than browse like whatever new thing you can like put into your eyeballs. And Depop has an endless uh, amount of like cool old T-shirts and stuff. So mm-hmm. I find myself looking more than I do actually buying. Or I'll buy for other people yeah. and not for myself. But they do have cool tees on there. So I understand the collection sort of like ethos. I'm a big add to cart, never press buy person. Sure. The cookies on my computer are out of hand because they're all like <laughs> saved cart of like 47 items that I will never purchase. But Etsy also will have like vintage stores that are like really fun to look at. But their t-shirts will be like old shirt, 14 holes in it. Armpits are yellow and the shirt is 47 bucks. And you're like, what? <laughs> so... <laughs> so so you can't buy them because it would be 
unhinged, but you can look. I think uh, we probably don't have time, Naomi, to get um, the other things that you were going to put on your record, but That's quickly, okay. Um, I don't even remember what the hell it was, so it's fine. I oh. know that you were going to put the... Delivery food. Concept of delivery food, and I want to tell you oh. something you might find interesting is that um, in, in Italy in the 1880s, a king and a queen... Um, king Umberto sent- and Queen Margarita sent and that's important because they sent um notice to a local pizza maker and was like you need to bring us your pizza we want it here and we can't come there and he did and that's how the margarita first, yeah that was the first delivery food and that's how margarita pizza was born because was queen, queen margarita, margarita wanted it wow for a long time i thought there was no delivery food other than pizza so like that yeah well yes. so that is true really like through history we kept trying delivery food, it seems like. For a second in the 20s, there was Chinese food. In L.A. In L.A. Mm-hmm. And then that went away the in the Depression. And then it came back as pizza again. And pizza, like, really caught on in the U.S. and was the delivery food in the U.S. So much so that one of the first websites was PizzaNet, which was run by Pizza Hut. And Possibly. since it was one of the first websites, they were like, oh, pizza's probably one of the first goods sold on the Internet. And when you look into that, it's actually not true. The first good bought and sold on the internet Say it with was us now. Marijuana. Marijuana. Drugs. Oh. Sign of the times. Yeah, Spicy. in 1972, a university in California and MIT in Massachusetts conducted the first ever online transaction. It was for a small amount of weed. Wow. Yeah, dorks love to smoke weed and get high. Dorks. Fucking weirdos. So, like, everyone's talking about e-commerce, e-commerce, that's actually drugs. So. Weed commerce, more like. Yeah. <laughs> e-commerce, more like, like weed commerce. Uh, uh, uh. Naomi, what's your go-to takeout order? I It changes. I, I, okay, so I cook a lot, but I feel like my naughty, like, late capitalist sort of, like, delight, although I don't approve of the way that any of these companies treat their delivery drivers, you gotta tip people well, all of this because obviously it's all bullshit, but like I'll order a Postmate. It gives me a thrill like nothing else. My purpose in life is to like eat delivery food in front of a TV. Like that is a joy that's like unmatched. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to order, uh, if you like Taiwanese food, Pine and Crane is really good. It's in Silver Lake. Super good. Um, sometimes I'm vegan, so I'll order like vegan shit that probably most people think is like whack, but like to me it's good. Like a piece of lettuce. Yeah, it's just a piece of lettuce. I love vegan food. Caleb won't eat it. Yeah, that's fair. Unless you've like afflicted yourself with veganism, I do understand like not being interested in it. But yeah, there's some good stuff out there. But yeah, I like. Pine and Crane is a, is a regular go-to for me. And Donut Friend. Donut Friend is good. If you want donuts, it's they're objectively good. Uh, Naomi, is there anything you wanted to like plug, talk about, chat about right before we uh, let you go? I don't... I wish I had something to plug. I uh, Muna will put out music next year. It'll be the greatest shit anyone's ever heard in their life. Um... And otherwise, I'm just around. I don't do much. Uh, I'm just, I'm here. Whenever you want me to, I'm here. That's all. I don't have anything else to say. Love it. Love seeing you. Love talking to you. Literally, thank you so much for doing this. We're huge fans. Truly huge fans. Um, Thank you so much. It was so fun. Love is very mutual. And we're, you're, we'll, we'll see each other at some point when life is normal again. If you're still in LA. 
I'm definitely gonna, I'll probably die here, so. Oh, we live here forever now. Oh, honey, we'll yeah. be in LA. <laughs> oh, baby, we okay. will be in LA. Um, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. This is a lot of fun. It sucks that Naomi has to die now. Yeah, it sucks that Naomi has to die now. I hate that our guests have to die when they're done. Those will be my last words. <laughs> was a HeadGum original.